Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. We got the Bay Bridge Series. We got 49ers training camp. We got Warriors throwing first pitches out yeah. at the Bay Bridge Series. Yeah. We got a lot going on here on Sunday morning. Evan Giddings, Whitey Gleason with you on 95.7 The Game. Whitey, how are you doing on this fine San Francisco Sabbath? I'm great to be with you, Evan. I'm doing fine. I'm just wondering. I know you pitched at a high level. What did you think of uh, Kuminga's... Opening toss yesterday. I thought he had a little, a little, little bit of backup on a little Fernando Valenzuela s screwball action working. Yeah, I was curious where he got that from. I I know that Stephen Curry obviously was 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 one who threw out the first pitch a weekend ago, and his was you know kind of like a, a cutter, a slider Blame down that left. On Aisha, he didn't have room on the mound to follow through properly. He said. Well, and of course, everyone was following Juan Descano Anderson, who caught a little bit of flack for his first pitch. It's been a, a summer of first pitches. For the Golden State Warriors. But it's also been a weekend where the Giants potentially have a chance to get right. They do so yesterday by beating the A's in game one of this two game series. Are you a fan of the two game series, Whitey? I hate it. I really hate it with a passion. I understand it. It's just necessary, necessary evil because of the schedule and all that. So yeah, it's gonna happen. But I hate those two game series. It's just it's just there's such a feeling of, wait, where's the rest of it? You know? Like I, I, I took my wife to a, a soccer game once. Earthquakes against the Vancouver White Whitecaps. Dibs actually got his tickets, and when the game it was zero zero, and then the game's over, and she's like, "Well, okay, overtime." I'm like, no, they don't play overtime. She's like, well, you, "What? Come on, they got to play overtime." It's kind of the same feeling with a two game series. I just feel like they're not done. It's incomplete. Come on, everybody knows that two games do not a series make. It's got to be at least three. I'm okay with the four game. Although, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a set either. Uh, but the four game series to me is is perfectly fine. It's got to be at least three. I need to see at least three pitchers. And especially throughout a weekend, too. The rare Friday off day for the Giants as well as the A's. And then they come back yesterday, seven to four, the or seven to three, pardon me, the final score. Carlos Radon 
five and a third quality innings of baseball for the San Francisco Giants, who now have a playoff chance of 4.3%. At How this far back are they right now in the wild card? They're, they're seven, seven games back. Seven yeah. games back at that last wild card spot. A couple games under 500 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I another thing about the two game series, and I know that this this isn't the only time they play all year, but when you have a trophy that's on the line, Ev, as you well know, one of the most coveted trophies in all of sports, the bridge thing, you know, you you, you don't play an even number of games, right? It makes it a little harder to award a series winner when you play an even number of games, and so it works that the winner today is the one that takes home the Bay Bridge trophy, I believe. That worked? Okay. I think so. So whoever wins it on the final day. And right now the Giants have, going back to earlier this season, a 2-1 to Bay Bridge series lead so they can essentially claim the series against the Oakland A's. But they got bigger issues at this point. Carlos Rodon gets them back in the win column yesterday. Logan Webb is the one on the bump today, carrying a 9-5 record with a 3-2 ERA against one Adrian Hernandez for the Oakland Athletics. And it's kind of interesting at this point because I know a lot of people have been floating the A's comparison with you know the way Farhan Zaidi has approached the construction of this roster, and now they get a chance essentially to face the team that a lot of people have been putting them in a category with and working on the margins, trying to find market inefficiencies in constructing a roster. Uh, but right now, the Giants at least appear to have a bit of fire after an ejection on Friday. They mm-hmm. lost eight straight to the Dodgers. Some might say the lowest point of this season. And it's at least good why to see them get back up off the canvas against a team that we all expect them on paper probably to take care of. Yeah, what the A's are doing right now isn't really the traditional A's moneyball approach. It's just tearing the team down again, which you go back. You know, years and years ago, you go back to when they were in Philadelphia, the A's, for whatever reason, this franchise, that's what they do. They're great. They tear the team down. They build it up. They're really good or great again. They tear it down. Seriously, this goes back to like Frank Home Run Baker in the early part of the last century. I don't know why it is, but right now the A's in one of those teardown modes. My understanding is that next year they're going to debut their City Connect jerseys and it's going to be either the skyline of Vegas or just like question marks all over. So yeah. that that that's that's what the A's City Connectors is going to be. To your point about the Giants, Joey Bart all of a sudden is like, wow, he's raised his average up to two eleven now, which isn't great. But uh, I think since uh, let's see, since July sixth, the Athletic pointing out that Joey Bart's hitting two eighty two with five home runs. That'll that'll work if that continues. That'll play if he can find a way to bring the bat up to where the glove is. That would absolutely be a a needed addition. Yeah. And Joey Bart, along with another member of the Giants, getting back, Lamont Wade. Lamont Wade Jr. with a two-for-four performance yesterday, along with the home run. Late afternoon, perhaps, Lamont, at this point. That was a great sign to see both of them hitting at the bottom of the order. A couple of big hit days for them. And I know that they had the the, the lead early, and the A's you know, managed to scrape across a couple of runs late. But you know, it's a great sign to see two guys that the Giants maybe aren't aren't envisioning you know this season being game changing players but I'd, absolutely last year for Lamont and then moving forward for Joey Bart that's kind of what you need to see from these guys yeah well let's be honest though it wasn't great for you to see 
right? Because you're pulling <laughs> for the green and gold. But it was interesting for one day, hey, look, it's the 2021 Giants again with three home runs. So, you know, they leave Aller in to pitch to Wade, the lefty, and he hits a home run. So then the A's bring in the lefty and the A's counter with J.D. Davis. And he hit one halfway to his home in Elk Grove and then Bart hits a home run later. So three home runs. That was very 2021 Giants-esque on top of, as you pointed out already, some excellent starting pitching. Long ways to go for uh, the Giants, but you can, I guess, see a glimmer of uh, of hope and a glimmer of the reasoning why Farhan felt like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to just kind of stick to our guns here, stand pad a little bit. Uh, make some some acquisitions of some minor leaguers at the deadline. I got to say, Evan, you and I, you know, pat, patting ourselves on the back here, we pretty much called it last week. We said, you know what, the deadline, Farhan's going to do a lot of not much, and people are going to be really upset by it. That's exactly what happens. Well, yeah, their biggest move essentially was trading Darren Ruff to the New York Mets, getting J.D. Davis back along with a couple of other prospects. He goes yard yesterday to dead center field, mind you, but... The, the number that I'm looking at here, Whitey, is the fact that they had 17 base runners. Now, a lot of those came early. Adam Aller had trouble finding the strike zone, three walks in the first inning, and a total of six drawn by the Giants yesterday. But if they're going to be successful, like, that's kind of the equation to be successful for the Giants. It's getting some little Very bit of selective. help, some, yeah. some free yeah. base runners, mm-hmm. and also the long ball. That That's kind of something we haven't really seen in recent weeks, especially, of course, coming off of the All-Star break against the Giants or against the, the Dodgers. So it's great to see them finally be able to put the ball in the air, put the ball out of the yard. Yeah, but look, the reality is we all know it. Hey, the Giants right now, when they play the Dodgers, they don't look so great. When they play the A's or the Cubs, whoa, maybe, maybe they got something here, right? So really... Uh, you don't want to get carried away. They got things maybe yesterday trending in the right direction against the uh, the lowly A's. But then they go into San Diego, although the Padres have been taking their lumps last couple of nights at the hands of the Dodgers. So we'll see if the Giants, whatever happens today, and if they do well, if they can carry any momentum into what would be if they have any hope, really, of getting into the postseason picture, a really big series for them against the uh, San Diego Padres. Yeah, and I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. I don't know what that was. Was that was that your your Harry Carey? I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, just you know, we're talking baseball and baseball announcers talk like that. And they'll head down to San Diego before taking on Pittsburgh and Arizona. So if if they can find a way to catch the Padres at the right time, there's a lot of winnable games coming up with the Giants' yeah. schedule. Yeah. And as we mentioned, of course, not that far out of the last. I mean, seven seven games back as far as being last place in, in the also, wild card. Yeah, you're chasing multiple teams though, too, right? You're way back, and it's not like there's just one team necessarily that you got to catch. That is true. Yeah, you're right behind. You're right behind Milwaukee, who's also fighting for a division crown in the Central. They are a game back of Philadelphia, and then you got the Padres as well as Atlanta. Look, it's it's not looking great for the San Francisco Giants at this point. But I'm I'm just glad there was some semblance of life following. I mean, really, just a, a disastrous performance. I know Farhan kind of tried to minimize it over the broadcast when he came on with Crook and Kipe during the Dodgers series. But you know, th- this team right now is is trying to find some semblance of identity. And and I don't know. I, I kind of want to throw this by you and eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. If you want to hop into the conversation, you can throw it, but it ain't getting by me. I'm punching <laughs> it the other way for a, for a little bingo. It feels like because of how anticlimactic the deadline was, and maybe even players in the locker room sensing, all right, well, we're we're not getting any help. 
This is going to be on us. Whatever the season becomes, you know, a miraculous playoff berth, a stumble to the finish line, wherever this season goes, we get to now determine how it ends. And with the trade deadline, everyone having questions of whether they're going to sell, we discussed this. They're kind of just going to wait and see what happens. Obviously, not much went down. It feels like now without with all the dust settled, the Giants finally in a place where they they hear the noise, they hear people with their expectations that have finally been quelled a little bit, and now it feels like they might be in a place where they can finally just play. That's kind of where I'm at with the Giants, and I think is a reason why at least these next couple of weeks could be a spot where they dig themselves out of the hole that they put themselves in based on playing so poorly around the deadline. Part of the problem is, in terms of perception of where the Giants are right now, is the fact that, look, the Dodgers, right now anyway, they're phenomenal. They're, you know, last year we know the Giants looked like they were right there with the Dodgers, beating them for the division title. So I think a lot of fans assumed, okay, head of schedule, you get some more help from the minor leagues, you go out and you get some free agents here, and boom, here we are, toe-to-toe with the great Dodgers. Well, obviously, the moves that the Giants made in the offseason, the free agent moves, they worked out reasonably well, but not enough to keep up with the Dodgers, who are just better than anybody right now. I mean, it's really been sobering to see what they've done to San Diego. San Diego all excited about, we got Soto, we got Bell, and here we come, Dodgers. And the Dodgers just said, yeah, that's cute. And they won the first two games. So that's part of the issue is just the Giants are just not as good as the Dodgers. The other thing, Evan, in my opinion, for all the talk of they platoon too much, uh, Kapler this, Kapler that, they need stars. Bottom line is the Giants, they just don't have enough really good players. I mean, outs- put the pitching staff aside because they do have really good starting pitching. The lineups at times, especially last week, to me reminded me of an expansion team. I mean, who is, again, pitching aside, in your opinion, who is the Giants' best player? You look at other teams around the majors, who's the best player on this team or that team? Yankees, Dodgers. I mean, you have some choices. Who's the Giants' best player? Well, I do know who it is according to War, which is wins above replacement. They're a position player, and I'm curious if you can get this one. Who would be the Giants' most valuable player at this point in the season via War, not named Carlos Rodon or Logan Webb? Um, I'm tempted to say Jock, but I know he's tailed up. I think it's either Jock Peterson or Yastrzemski. It's Wilmer Flores. Wilmer, okay. Wilmer Flores, but probably just by virtue of him having a lot of Mm at-bats. And I know Jock's been tailed off recently, but that's the point where we're at. We're we're just floating around names, Yeah, and it's difficult to decipher who is the go-to position. Who's the go-to hitter in this lineup? Wilmer's a nice. Wilmer's a nice player. Pardon me, and he's a really solid major league hitter. But if Wilmer Flores is your best player, you ain't going to accomplish much. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, and I mean, and even if you're having guys like Lamont Wade Jr., Joey Bart now hitting two for right? four yesterday, mm-hmm. and they're trying to clean up that bottom part of the lineup. It was good to see Brandon Crawford back as well. Of course, returning from injury over the last couple of days, and he along with Belt can kind of get in the middle of that order, but. You know, the Giants right now, just the amount of stop gaps in the order. I know Jock Peterson, it was kind of interesting to see him hitting leadoff yesterday. Mm-hmm. But they find a way to take down the A's. And, I mean, I know it's the Oakland Athletics. I am a fan of the team. I love the A's. They are in a a place. I'm so sorry. Much I'm to so do about sorry. it. 
it 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 really just happens. Take up a GoFundMe for you or something. Peaks and valleys. Well, we did try to start one. Me and my friends. We came up about a mil, uh, a billion and a half short. Are you going to try to buy the team? Yeah, uh, we're going to try and buy a stadium for the A's. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's nice. No, I, <laughs> right now ownership. I don't know if if they really want to sell the team at this point. Okay, here, here's where I'm at with the A's. Like, if if you invest in a stock, and your stock, you know, is I don't know. goes down to 40, 30, which is where the A's were were moving prior to the pandemic downwards. You're not going to sell them at their lowest point. You're going to wait until they come up, until you get your stadium, until you move or you don't, until you find a way to maximize your value, your return on investment. That is where the A's are at, which is why I think partially people and Giants fans have had a lot of trouble kind of reasoning with why the Giants have approached this season and and really the last couple of seasons in an A's-like fashion because, you know, the A's are kind of strangled by by ownership, by the the want to, to make money on a team. But the Giants, they're moving more in that direction than the other way. And I'm curious as to when Farhan, number one, if he has the green light, but when he would get the green light to go out and spend, because there's going to be some guys this offseason that are available, it's just going to demand you possibly to overpay. And I don't know when Farhan's going to get that green light, but that's the question that everyone's waiting for, right, Whitey? Yeah, there's a temptation. I know a lot of fans say, oh, Farhan, he won't spend the money. What's wrong with Farhan? I suspect that if there is any sense there of we don't want to spend too much, it's probably coming from higher up than Farhan. Farhan would love to spend, like, you know, he used to be with the Dodgers. He'd love to spend a ton of money and go out and get uh, make a run anyway at whoever he wants. So that's something to keep an eye on if they're going to address that, if they're going to say, all right, yeah, we're going to we're gonna uh, open the pocketbook up a little bit, or if they're going to continue to be a, a little bit more thrifty. I don't think that'll play long-term if that's the approach. But if that is the approach, Farhan has proven he can do a reasonably good job putting together a roster into those constraints. To the point you made earlier about where Giants fans are right now, I think if Joey Bart continues to hit the ball well, by the way, yesterday, second time in his career, he had as many as five plate appearances without striking out. Just the second time. And yeah, he's hitting, what, 280 since he came back up uh, with uh, five homers. He's really looked like close to the player the Giants hoped he, he would be. If Joey Bart can continue that, then that gives you something to hang your hat on if you're the front office. Because I do think the Giants, to my eye, they have been very sensitive the last few weeks, especially after the deadline, to how unhappy fans are. So you need something to show people, look, our planet's working. So you play a little better here. That's something But a guy like Joey Bard. See, he's coming around. It's working. We're going to develop our own stars. That's the Giants' answer to the question, why don't you get more stars? They want to develop their own. Uh, they've been struggling to do that this year. A lot of their better minor league players haven't done much. If Joey Bart continues to hit like he's hit the last few weeks, last few games, that's going to go a long ways towards alleviating some of that giant fan anxiety. Well, and that takes me to kind of the first big question of the day that I have, which is, do fans actually come to the ballpark, pay big bucks to watch individuals? Or do they come to watch the teams themselves? Because last night, I know it's the convergence of the Bay Area fan groups in baseball. 40,065 was at the Coliseum yesterday. And not you. You went to uh, outside land. You know, I, me and Gabe Kapler kind of took the same approach. 
I know what he went on Friday day outside Lance. He was very happy about going to see a SZA, I believe, was, yeah. was headlining on sure. Friday night. So yeah. he's a big fan of her. Got out there for that. I went yesterday to go see Green Day. That was a fantastic I performance. Be an American idiot. Yeah. Billy Joe Armstrong, by the way, I'm not sure how old he is, Whiny, but that man has he's an energizer bunny. He's like, gotta be around forty. He was not running on empty the entire the entire ninety minute set. It was it was highly impressive. Well, they're local too. They get pumped when they play around here. And fifty no. now? Wow. And no, he was he was showing a lot of love to the city. Brian says he's fifty, not Brian, but fifty years old. Yeah, born in Oakland, California, and he and he did give actually a lot of shout outs to the East Bay. I think he might have even thrown an A's reference in there. Wow! Okay. But was very happy to be back in San Francisco. I was happy to be in Golden Gate Park. Gabe Kapler was happy to be in Golden Gate Park on Friday, and I'm sure was very happy to get back in the win column yesterday against the Oakland Athletics. But do, like, do do people come to see the individuals? Or because I, I, I kind of contend, especially where baseball is at. I mean, when I turn on a game and I, you know, with MLB TV, get a chance to choose whichever broadcast I want to watch, but I'm only seeing a guy like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., or I'm only seeing a guy like Manny Machado or Mookie Betts. I'm seeing them hit three or four times per game. I want to tur- turn on my TV to watch a quality club more than individuals. But I wonder if that's how most fans feel. A lot of fans, it seems, are saying now, oh, we need stars. We want to watch stars. I think from my observation of this for years and the way I watch it and trying to observe how other people watch it, main thing is you want to watch a team that's winning. If a team wins, then there are going to be certain guys who are going to help the team win on a regular basis, and those guys become your favorites. You get attached to them, and if they're really good, they become stars. I don't think people, really, if the Giants went out and got somebody and they were still not very good, I don't think people would say, oh, yeah, this is way better. Um, One of the problems with the Giants is I've heard a lot of people say, you don't know, like you got Peterson and Rodon right now. They may not be here next year. Um, you're platooning guys, so who? it's harder to get attached to players. But I think everything has to follow a team that wins. If the team's not winning, I don't think it matters who's on your roster. But if a team wins, you develop stars, you get attached to them that way. I think we've seen that with uh, the Giants over the years and certainly with the 49ers and with the Warriors. But it all starts, the team has to win or nobody's going to care. Well, that's what I find fascinating is because last year's Giants team, obviously very successful, 107 wins. But I necess- I didn't look at that team like you know a, a group of, of stars. I wasn't going to Oracle to see specifically Brandon Crawford or specifically Brandon Belt or specifically Logan Webb. What about but- Late Night Lamont? I mean, the fact that he had a nickname shows you, okay, there was a little bit of sizzle there. And he earned that nickname, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He, was, he was impressive. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to the ballpark in hopes of seeing Lamont Wade Jr., come to the plate in the seventh inning in a pinch hit clutch situation. I'm going to see the group. And the, so, and I wonder if people, that's also part of the big frustration. And, you know, I, 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 even if there were an Aaron judge or a Juan Soto on this team, if the team wasn't good, I don't know if I would still want to go to the ballpark to watch them flounder and throw the ball over the yard the way they have been or had been prior to this weekend over the last six weeks or so. Yeah. You want to see a guy like Trout. You don't want to see a team flounder, which is a really unfortunate uh, fish <laughs> reference. And I, 
I withdraw the comment. No, I think you're right. Ultimately, as much as fans sometimes will say, no, I want, I want to see stars, especially here in California and in the Bay Area specifically. The teams don't win and people just for the most part are just going to find other things to do. Well, and it's it, it's funny because so talking about outside lens yesterday, excuse me. There was a there was an act prior to Green Day, Jack Harlow, twenty four years old, and he first thing he's you know he's coming out. He does his first couple of songs and he goes to ask the crowd. He says, "All right, you know who who here can name where I'm from? Who here knows who I am?" And uh, it's largely it's largely crickets. Everyone mm-hmm. just kind of turns their back and says, oh, "I don't I don't really know where this guy is," but. That's that's kind of where I feel like West Coast sports fans are. If they're not interested, they're not going to raise raise hell or scream or shout. They're just going to ignore you. Mm-hmm. They're just going to give you the silent treatment, which is unfortunately what Jack Harlow got a little bit of last oh, night. Boy. Felt bad for him. Did you try to yell to make him feel better? Well, he's from in? Kentucky. Yeah. So I, I knew where he's from. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I was one small voice in a crowd of, of thousands. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> yes. Kentucky, I, I think, I think Louisville specifically. I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw that out. But regardless, people in on the West Coast just ignore things that they're not interested in. People, athletes, sports teams specifically, and that's also one of the reasons why I, I think the Giants have been tuned out a little bit recently, up until this week, and just by virtue of it being the Baybird series back in the limelight, and you can, you know, at least unite with other with other sports fans here in the Bay. But it's going to be difficult if they don't put together some product on the field, whether it be next year, the year after that. People are just going to be tuned out, Whitey. Especially when you have a Warrior team that just won a championship and it appears that they are going to be in contention and relevant in that sense for the foreseeable, the 49ers, of course. So it's against that backdrop that the Giants did what they did last year after wandering in the wilderness a little bit. And it's like, yeah, but now you could see there, I think there are some within or there are on the fringes of the organization, perhaps within the organization who look at this and say, huh, it could be this way for a few years. And people, you're right. You have to, in this area specifically, you gotta, you gotta earn my attention because I got a lot of other things going on, and it's very expensive as well. Love the ballpark, but you know, and Ray makes this point a lot. You know, the ballpark is great, Evan, as you know, uh, better than most. But it's been around a long time. It's like there's no more novelty with that park, so the ballpark doesn't sell itself anymore. So it behooves the Giants. It's incumbent upon them, pardon me, to show people, look, you got to pay attention to this because this is uh, entertaining and exciting. And this year's been um, too much the opposite. Comcast Business Text Line, 888-957-9570 from the 707. Get your ship ready tonight for the captain. Yeah. Who's the captain of the Giants? The captain. Brandon Bell. Brandon Bell. Bell. <laughs> Come on. You don't even know that. Well, that that was that's kind of the point. Is if you told me the captain was Jock Peterson, I know he doesn't have the hat on. If you told me the captain was Mike Yastrzemski, I might believe mm, you. If you told okay. me the captain yesterday was Joey Bart, and the uh, lot since he's yeah. been called back up, hitting two eighty with five home runs, Whitey, I might be able to buy into that. I don't know who the captain of the San Francisco Giants is because the captain that we're talking about right now, Brandon Belt, he might get pinch hit four in the sixth inning. That's where this whole thing went sideways, by the way, is on opening day when they brought him out in the boat. It's like, no, come on. That was that was Harry High School stuff. And I love Brandon Belt, but hey, look, everybody, it's Brandon Belt in a boat. Really? Come on. Well, and he's going to be going up tonight against Adrian Martinez. 
And Logan Webb on the bump tonight for the San Francisco Giants. We're going to keep talking about the Baybird series. Also, a lot of stuff to get to with the 49ers yeah. training camp. Bryant Young going into the Hall of Fame with a very passionate speech. speech yesterday was extremely emotional, very potent. And also, a lot of kind of miscellaneous stuff to get into as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, some Warrior stuff that we're going to get to on the other side. And what will the Trey Lance experience be? All of that coming up in just a little bit. Whitey Gleason, Evan Giddings, right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Whitey Gleason. Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason, pardon me. Evan Giddings. Evan Giddings. Here with you on 95.7 The Game. Whitey, by the way, as we found out on Friday, one of the greatest hosts and the only host, (laughs) Alec Trebekian of the one Jock Birdie. Thank you for mentioning that. It was fun. You know, Dibs had suggested we bring that back because I was in for Willard Friday, in for Willard, um, Mark Willard tomorrow and, and Tuesday as well. So we're, we're planning to play more Jockerty. But Dibs said, hey, let's do that again. And we had, as you know, if you heard, we had, of course, Goo and Dibs. JD was in for Steiny. JD played great. It was a great game. Everyone played really well. First time we'd all been in studio for it. And it was amazing. At one point, I was just where, where you are right now, Evan, and looking around going, 
my goodness, because everyone was locked in and it had a really nice pace. It was a really well-played match with Dibs winning by, I think, $1 on the final Jockberty. Yeah. So peel back the curtain for the people. Like, do you have all of these trivia questions just locked up in index cards in your house, scattered throughout? You have a room for all of your trivia because you have so many different questions. And the way that you're able to weave in the current events, obviously what's going on in sports, how do you go about creating a Jockberty trivia session for for a lot of great sports minds similar to yourself? Well, thank you again for, for saying that. It's mainly just trying to come up with categories that are either clever or I usually start with what's going on and try to come up with somewhat cleverly worded categories. And then once you have the categories, the questions are pretty easy. And it's just most of it I get off the, you know, a lot of it's like, I think I remember that. Got to double check on that. So it's just a little word play. And, and you know, it's different in this sense. In actual Jeopardy, the contestants can see everything. So in Jeopardy, they can't see everything. So I got to keep that in mind when I'm writing it. You can't have a lot of, you know, conjunctive phrases and things because you'll lose people. So it's got to be simple and to the point where it's written for the ear. But a lot of it is, um, you know, just trying to find topical stuff, what's going on now, and then working from there into some kind of categories that are somewhat interesting and try not to make it too hard. And um, But when the guys play great and they're locked in, it you know, that's it's them, it's not me. Well, what's going on today is the San Francisco Giants are taking on the Oakland A's in the second game of the two-game set this weekend here in the Baybird series. They won last night 7-3, to and we are discussing... Where the Giants can go from here, what they're doing right now after coming off of a four-game sweep at the hands of the L.A. Dodgers. They get off the canvas yesterday. Right now, three games below 500, seven games back of the wild card spot, the final wild card spot in the NL. And this is also part of the issue that at least I can foresee and why I thought that the Juan Soto deal to San Diego, as you are very familiar with, was so devastating is because... Right now, the Giants are not only in a division with the Los Angeles Dodgers, now the San Diego Padres, two teams probably ahead of them on paper, but the NL, the National League, Whitey, is so competitive. Even if you look at all three wildcard teams and the two on the outside looking in, you got the Braves, you got the Padres, you got some combination of the Cardinals, the Brewers, along with the Phillies. The Giants have a lot of teams to leapfrog even outside of their division. Yeah, Cardinals really playing well. I'll be surprised if they don't win the division. And then Milwaukee maybe falling back to the pack a little bit. Here's what to me, and I don't think we talk about that this enough around here. To me, this is what is most discouraging from the Giants' standpoint about Soto going to the San Diego Padres. The Padres traded five players for Soto. Four of those players were acquired by the Padres after Farhan, excuse me, after Farhan took over in San Francisco. So in theory, the Giants had the opportunity since Farhan's been there to acquire the talent necessary to make that trade. But they didn't. When it came down to it, the Giants didn't have nearly enough to offer. We don't think. You don't, you don't know for sure what the conversations were, where they went. Padres had enough acquiring most, other than Mackenzie Gore, the four guys they traded, they had picked up since Farhan took over. So to me, that again is an indictment of Farhan. Farhan, I'm not saying he needs to be fired, uh, and I think he knows what he's doing, and he's proven he's smart, and he's shrewd. But to this point, there's not enough talent on the big league roster, given that this is, what, year four for Farhan? So to me, that's a failure. 
Um, he's great at finding guys that other teams undervalue, bringing them in, and you find out, wow, this guy's a little pretty good at this or that, and the Giants put him in a good role. But if that's the only way you're acquiring talent, you're not going to be a very good team, and that's where the Giants are right now. And Raya, no, they are three games below 500. They are a below average team at this point of the season. And that's what's been so difficult to figure out, of course, coming off the 107 and having that a pretty a fluke, Evan, right? I mean, look, give them their due, but that was a massive fluke last year. Did you feel like it was a fluke, though, for the first two months when they were playing decent baseball? The whole year. And again, bless them. It was a tremendous year. They're never, they may never win 107 games again in club history. I couldn't figure him out the whole season. I was like, I I kept waiting for him to tail off a little bit. They came out of the break. Remember, they went and played the Dodgers and they had that incredible series where they broke Kenley Jansen. I couldn't figure that team out all year. It was stunning to me what they did. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that your veteran players were coming off of a pandemic year where, of course, Posey didn't play at all. Crawford and Bell played 60 games. I think they benefited from that. Uh, the ball was lively last year. I, I I don't know, and I don't mean it to to discredit them in any way because they did what they did. It was amazing, but come on. You look at what this team has done since Farhan's been there. What year is the outlier? It was last year and a staggering 107 wins. And that's that's what's going to be difficult is it's with Farhan, the way the, the roster is constructed and the way that the farm system is currently built being two at least at least two years away more like three or four, there's probably going to be a lot of these coin flip seasons as far as landing on maybe not 107, but probably a 90, 95. Like that to me is is the goal at this point is to try and be somewhere in the 90s, you know, and get, get into the wild card team because you're not you're not going to beat the Dodgers at this point. They're, they're pretty much penciling 100, 105 wins for them every single season. You're but right. you're going to have some of these lean years. And... I don't know how many years fans are going to be able to sit through and just say patiently, okay, Farhan, we believe where you're going. We believe in the process because there, there isn't an identifiable process at this point. I mean, he's been telling us, and, and the Giants have been telling us, the next wave, that's what we're waiting for. The homegrown core will build from within. But if you can't prove to, to us and to the fans that over the first four years, you've been able to kind of recoup, retune, and figure out exactly where you're at on the interior. Why, why should I believe that you can then suddenly go out and change the way that a team like the San Diego Padres did? Where, like, where is the evidence to be able to say that this is going to change anytime in the near future? I think it's a great point. I agree with you. To me, the way the Giants have been approaching it is it's a real money ball principle, which is put a team together that, you know, as you say, coin flip season. This team could be pretty good if things come together. You get to the break or the deadline, uh, and that's when you make your decision. Are we gonna are we all in this year? Are we gonna break this up and try again? I mean, Billy used to do that with the A's and sometimes successfully, sometimes not. And I feel like that's what the Giants are doing right now. And they are saving money. You look at payroll. They don't have to save money. They certainly have the money to spend, and that's got to be the frustration. I thought ideally for the Giants at some point here, maybe we'll still see it, you'd be like the Cubs were when they won the World Series or the Red Sox, where you'd have that combination of analytics and money. 
So you could play Moneyball with money. So you have larger margins for error. To this point, they haven't really been spending. Some of that has to do with, you know, if you can offer money, but people have to take it. So I think that's the disappointment for Giants fans. Like, wait, this is, it looks like they're kind of doing it on the cheap, and they don't have to. They don't. They are one of the, I mean, as far as the ownership group is concerned, they're one of the most wealthy ownership groups in the game of baseball. And so I wonder when... When Farhan's going to get the green light? Because there's an opportunity this offseason mm-hmm. for them to go out and try and haul in some big boys, and one of which was reported by the Athletics' Jason Stark to be Shohei Otani. Wow. Now, is he an offseason possibility? Potentially. Jason Stark reports from the Athletic that Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Francisco are the teams most likely to acquire the services of one Shohei Otani. Of course, he's currently with the Angels. They decided not to deal him at the deadline. And he's under contract for next year as well, right? Yes, so they would have to go after him via trade, but potentially the price could come down knowing that you're only getting a year out of him as opposed to more or one plus if they had traded him this summer. But where's the offseason priority for you? Is it a guy like Shohei Otani where you're going to have to give up some piece of your system or is it trying to go out and sign probably have to overpay for a big bat and i'm not just talking about aaron judge i'm talking about a guy like jd martinez some offensive spark plug for this team a right-handed bat in particular is what the giants have been really in need of what farhan is probably going to be looking for where does the off-season priority lie for Giants fans, 888-957-9570. Whitey, I give you first serve. Where should they focus this offseason? Otani would be great in terms of addressing the the lack of excitement. But we know that just because you have Otani, that doesn't mean you're going to win. I mean, <laughs> look at the Angels and what Otani has done here. It's been almost unbelievable. So I don't think you could compete for him, given what we're just talking about, about the relative lack of talent and given the fact that when it came to Soto, it, it looks to me like the Giants just didn't have enough to be in the running. So why would they be in the running of for Soto? You know, the asking price for him is going to be extremely high, maybe even higher than than it was for, for Soto. So I don't think that's reasonable for them. Maybe, you know, you have make a run at him when he plays out his contract if they don't trade him and after next year he becomes a free agent. But free agency makes the most sense to me. Um, they definitely need... Uh, They need to improve the bullpen. You can do that around the margins. They need a little bit of bop. I mean, look at last week. How many times last week, Evan, did the Giants have the bases loaded? A couple times with nobody out. And they failed to score, right? I mean, that's hard to do. I think at least twice they had the bases loaded, nobody out, and they did not score. So they are going to need a little bit more thump in in the lineup. Uh, Rodon's going to be... I don't know if they're going to keep him. If you read between the lines, it already sounds to me like they don't think they're going to keep him. But I'm with you. Somebody's going to provide a little more consistent offense. And right now, 13-19 and 19 in one-run games this season. That is is kind of where this, this season has turned for me. It's been in all the situational spots that they succeeded last year and that I don't really know if you can quantify or predict how they're going to. like. So there, there are some teams that you just, you, you know that they're going to come through. The Giants had a lot of that last year. But looking at the Dodgers and looking at a team like the Cardinals, the way they're playing right now, looking at a team like the New York Yankees. Now, they have great rosters, but there's also some feeling of 
They're going to get the job done, and it's just a matter of when. It's not if. And I don't know how the Giants can necessarily capture that, but and and maybe it's it's something that comes from the front office as far as injecting a free agent into this team. Aaron Judge. Whoa, that would be a big injection, literally. But I'm also looking at how can a guy like like Gabe Kapler. I know you didn't mean to, but you just implied that he's on steroids. I know you didn't mean to. Just big injection, literally. But that's not how you meant it, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, no that's yeah. not. That's not okay, what we're talking right, about. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want people to misunderstand. Yeah. Whoa. No, no Aaron, okay. Aaron Judge, as far as we know, yeah. completely clean and on his right. way to Roger Maris's record, the American right. League yeah. record of 61 home runs. Mm-hmm. What has he got now? Is it, what is it? Was he at 48, 47? Uh, the guy is incredible and would love to see him in the orange and black and That's white. my off-season priority. If I have any shot at that, I don't know that they do, any shot at that, all chips in on that. Well, and, and, and this is, is something, too, that always fascinates me. I know that people will, will point to an Albert Pujols or a Miguel Cabrera or you know a Josh Hamilton, a big albatross contract that doesn't work out. But really, when you're paying for 10 years, you're paying for the first three or four. That That's where you're hoping to be able to lure a guy in. That's and, why you have the 10-year deal here. That's, they know that you know eight years from now, oh, we'll regret this. But hey, we got him now. Closer to 10-day than 10-year. And, and but you know you, you can spin a ten day contract from GP two and you can spin it into thirty million. Aaron Judge, you're going to have to spend significant amount of money, three hundred million dollars at least. Are you someone that's okay with the possibility of you know a, a lingering kind of over the hill superstar for the last five years if you can get MVP production for those first? four or five years my guess is they would not have the appetite for that but i think they should yeah i think where it is right now yeah i think they need that uh that uh as you say they need that that infusion, big injection infusion <laughs> of excitement that that would bring appreciate you picking that one up yeah. but that that's kind of what the padres did in a way i mean they they chose to not spend blindly but go out and and get and acquire a guy like Manny Machado. Granted, he was a lot younger than Aaron Judge at the point where they, they chose to go out and throw $300 million they get dollars before at that? Him. A few years before that, they went out and got somebody, spent a lot of money on something. Was it Eric Hosmer? Eric Hosmer. That didn't really work out. Now man. Boston Red Sox, yeah. uh, first baseman. But that's also the approach, and, and I wonder how players, along with executives, but how they see the aggression of a team like San Diego and how that... If that's changed the plan at all, my guess is, if, uh, well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, there, but no, yeah, it's a but good if, question. if it can lure in other players to say, okay, you know, I know they're throwing big money at, at an Eric Hosmer like player, but that also means that this team is invested in, in trying to win. And I don't know if you could, I'm sh- like, obviously every team is trying to win, but just optically, I'm sure there's a lot of players around the league, even a guy like Aaron Judge that's looking at the Giants saying, I'm sure they want to win, but do they need to win? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I, where fans are. I, I don't think they see the Giants as a team that needs to win right now. So you think that maybe we need to send Farhan or whoever from uh, ownership over to talk to Joe Lake a little bit? Well, he almost was a, a baseball owner. Still could be. Still, haven't given up on that. Still could be. But, yeah. he, but even he's got a line in the sand. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than, well, com- comparatively speaking, a lot bigger than the Giants. 
But I think that gets back to what I was saying when you look at uh, the backdrop. The Giants are doing this in an area where the Warriors have been all in on going way into the luxury tax to win. You know, we saw Eddie DeBartolo yesterday presenting Bryant Young. And Eddie DeBartolo, when he owned the team, he was the same way. It's different now with the cap. It's harder to do. But we know the 49ers are definitely committed to winning. And it just, I think it's fair to question right now. Yeah, the Giants, they want to win, but are they willing to spend? Do they need to win? And if you're not, it's just going to be tough to keep up maybe with San Diego. Still some questions there, but certainly with the freaking Dodgers. I also do see the reasoning behind, okay, the Dodgers are, I mean, the Dodgers are the definition of, of checkbook wins. I know that that term was thrown loosely around with the Warriors in basketball, but the Dodgers do pay for wins, and they've gotten wins for their their, their buck. The, the Padres have largely taken that approach as well. They have more homegrown talent. They've made quality trades. They've invested in their farm system that has gotten them the big boys currently on their roster. But they have gone all in as far as money is concerned, and A.J. Preller has the ability to go into his pockets if need be. I don't know if Farhan sees the Giants as being able to compete financially in that sense, or if or if players even see San Francisco as much of a, a free agency destination, should Farhan be able to go into his pockets? And he's trying to figure out, okay, well, if if I can't if I can't join them, I got to figure out a different way to beat them, and unfortunately, that's just going to take time. And I don't know if that's the way that baseball is moving. I mean, all of the best teams have to shell out large amount of money. I mean, the Rays have done it to some extent. The A's obviously have done it to some extent. The Cardinals are not a a, a mega payroll team, but they continue to churn guys yeah, in and out. And Goldsmith, yeah, yeah. But they they exactly. But they've figured out. Okay, when is the time? to bring in the Goldschmidts, the Arenados, to pay them the big bucks. I think Arenado has a... He's coming up on the end of his contract, but he's got a player option for next year that he'll probably up into. But the Giants are, are trying to kind of maneuver their way around, and I, I don't want to call it money ball because it's an oversimplification, but trying to figure out the next market inefficiency that right now just isn't there. Farhan, to my eye, it's pretty clear, has tried to emulate something that the Dodgers have done so well and it's not go out and get free agents. The, the the amazing thing about the Dodgers is, you're right, and they go out and they get Freddie Freeman, um, and they traded for Trey Turner, and they got him. But they still, even though they have been, over the last few years, they have not been averse to trade some of their best prospects for good players. Like, well, Verdugo is a hot prospect. We'll send him out. We'll get Mookie Betts in a, in a trade. So they've done that. And yet... You know, the Padres, like, they trade all their minor leaguers to the point where they have almost nothing left. Dodgers trade some really good minor league prospects, and they still have guys that they've developed, right? Like yeah. Gavin Lux and and both the catchers they developed. And I think that's what Farhan has tried to do is like, all right, yeah, I know people want us to add free agents, but we got to develop that farm system, and that's where it all starts. And it just hasn't taken root yet. A number of the Giants' top prospects this year have had – Ah, not great years. So I really think that's the plan. And that's why it's hard to see because we don't see um, the minor leaguers every game unless you're, you know, driving to, to Rayleigh Field uh, in Sacramento. Even then, you don't see the rest of the organization. So I think that's the plan. We're going to start with the minor league level, develop prospects, keep them, develop our own stars when we need to augment that with either a trade of some of those guys or bringing the free agents. 
But if that's the foundation and those guys aren't producing, that's why you're left with, wow, uh, we got nothing here. The cupboard is bare. And that's why we're left with a fantastic question from the Comcast Business Text 9650. How pissed off will this fan base be if the Giants have a lackluster offseason again? Mm-hmm. And then the question becomes, all right, what's the definition of lackluster? Is it some like, something like the trade deadline where your biggest acquisition is, is J.D. Davis? Because I think there's going to be a lot more of those moves than, you know, an Aaron Judge or, or even a you know somewhat of a lesser tier two, tier three free agent. There's going to be more of the J.D. Davises than the opposite side of the spectrum. You're probably right. I agree with you. I hope that I'm wrong. But I, I think, yeah, I think that's the plan, and Farhan's going to stick to it. And it's I think it's going to be an increasingly uh, tough sell for them. I thought it was really interesting, and I, I should go back and find these comments because I don't want to misspeak here. Farhan was talking about uh, Rodon this week, and he said something like, Rodon's been a really good giant, and if he makes it through the season, we will... We will, you know, we'll we'll revisit whether we want to keep him. Of course, he has a lot to say about it, too. But the fact that Farhan brought up the injury issue, it's almost like they're already laying the groundwork for, well, in case we don't get him, we want we want to have uh, uh, an excuse in place. I mean, why would you, as you're talking about that, why would you say, you know, he's been healthy this year, but why would you imply that that's an issue when you want to maybe sign the guy? So to me, I read that and thought, they don't think they're keeping Rodon. Rodon is Rogan. <laughs> that's a four. But so then why even bring him into the to the equation like and, and maybe they were hoping okay you know this this season is going to be you know not not even close to 107 but we're going to be contention Carlos Rodon could be the lefty one or two that we didn't have last year that could have been the difference in a playoff series and so we're going to take a flyer on him on a guy who has only I believe pitched one full season prior to this in his career so he's always had arm issues the stuff has not ever been in question but what is it going to take to prove to Farhan to re-up on a pitcher or re-up on a player? Because if you're bringing in so many you know, productive players or, or players that produce on the margins, then like you're saying, Whitey, there's already these sort of built-in excuses when you choose not to pursue them down the line or when you choose... Or if they choose not to re-up with you, which I think is part of the equation here with Rodon. Yeah, and 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 if he pitches a full season, that's the only question he had to answer in his career is, can I stay healthy? And if I can do it coming into a, a free agent season, I'm going to, I'm, I'm not opting into that player option. I'm going to go try and get 30 million across four years somewhere else, a la Kevin Gosman. I'm going to get $100 million from some team that needs a big arm and is willing to pay for a long period of time even if there are question marks. So what what's it going to take for Farhan to be, to believe in a guy in a project that he brings in? Because it, it seems like the only people he wants to, you know, extend to bring in and then retain are his own guys, but what, they're just there have been none of those outside of Logan Webb so far. Well, they're hoping Kyle Harrison arrives sooner rather than later. You got him and Webb um, presumably, you know, you mentioned Gosman. That was also very interesting last year. Gosman, it appeared to me, based on what Gosman was saying, that he wanted to discuss staying with the Giants. And it was pretty clear the Giants just weren't having it. And I think they don't want to spend a lot of money on pitchers. Um, and that's why I think, I don't think Rodon's going to be around. He's going to be expensive. And I don't think the 
the Giants have an appetite for long-term deals for pitchers, especially a guy with an injury history. So I think they're hoping for the minor league help to come along. And in the meantime, I think Farhan is very confident in his ability to find guys like Gosman, um, Cobb this year, right? Even Wood, they went out and got, and he's pitched well. They they are confident that they have the uh, a now. Junis has for, he's played pretty well. This pitched pretty well this year. I think they feel like you know what? Until we have um, a, a minor league system that produces a couple more starters, we can go out and find those guys, and it's much more cost effective than committing big money to a guy who could end up getting hurt in a year or two. And to be fair, the starting pitching has not been the issue this year. Yeah, you're right. Even the offense, to a large extent, has not been the primary issue. It's been, as we touched on, the bullpen along with, of course, the defense. And we're going to continue that conversation coming up next. A lot to get to here still on a Sunday morning. Bay Bridge Series, San Francisco 49ers training camp. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, Jimmy. Is a release imminent, or is the trade market reopened for a guy like Jimmy G? We'll discuss that on the other side. Whitey Gleason, Evan Giddings, here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.